It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. And you can listen when and where you choose if you can't listen live overnight. All right, so looking at the uh, the uh, inflation numbers that came out on uh, Friday, the overall personal consumption expenditures, or PCE, price index rose 0.6% on the month and 5.4% from a year ago. Wall Street had expected a 0.4% monthly rise. The 12-month PCE inflation rate was expected to slip to 4.9%. Core PCE inflation, which strips out volatile food and in, uh, and inflation prices, also rose 0.6% on the month and versus the forecast of 0.4%. The core inflation rate rose to 4.7%, define expectations that it would dip to 4.3%. January's hot inflation readings looked even worse because of the upward revisions to the December price data that was initially seen as lukewarm. And so this set off a discussion everywhere that, you know, was the Fed wrong on on just, you know, uh, doing 0.25%, whether they should have gone more than 0.5%. Right. For, you know, uh, you know, consecutive uh you know, consecutive times and, and they, you know, and, and so I'm hearing now anywhere between you're not going to get this problem solved unless you get a Fed rate of six to 7%. Well, that's it. I think uh, over the last couple of months, the general consensus by analysts has been they've got to get to a Fed target rate of six or higher. And Historically, that's how you get on top of it. And you do that by, you know, you go higher, you drive a recession. You're looking for things to, you're trying to make things cool down. And they apparently don't have any intention of doing that. Because here's the thing. Here's the problem. If they have two more hikes for this year. And let's say they went 0.75 on each. That would get them above uh, the 6%. Mm-hmm. You start driving a recession, and a recession could would be hitting right during the campaign season. But yeah, the problem point, yeah. is the inflation yeah. is becoming so cumbersome for the consumer. I don't know that there is a win you you're going to have to show that you're aggressive and you're concerned about the inflation and they're not and the fed just isn't showing that in my opinion i saw something over the weekend and i thought hold on a second the headline was like uh historically fed would drive a recession fed move would drive a recession and and i looked at it and they were just saying historically that's what happens but there is no consensus that has anyone believing that that Powell, the Fed chairman, is going to make that move. 
And and if you you look at it, uh, uh, gasoline down a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, it may go up now as we get closer to uh, to April. But you saw that natural gas. Uh, now I don't know about the the cold streak last week, but we hadn't used as much, and so that has started to come down in price. Yeah. But when you take energy out of it, that's the problem. Mm-hmm. When you take energy out of it, and you're talking about food. Yeah. Right. And, you know, gasoline prices probably going to go up as we head back. Uh, I saw that Texas actually dropped the average under $3 a gallon. Yeah, I paid, um, I paid <clears throat> what would have normally, what would have been 267 but I purchased a car wash and it got me down to 247 a gallon. Oh, okay, I saw it, it was 270 at the gas station around mm-hmm. uh, the corner from me. So you looked at, you know, you, but now with this blends coming in, and the driving season, mm-hmm. it may it may go up again. The one thing that is happening in the United States is they believe that in West Texas, they're going to be able to significantly over the next couple of years really increase production. Yeah, right. That's the one. That's the one good thing. No matter what they try to do in shutting down federal lands and and regulate it, there's still enough out there where. Mm-hmm. And apparently innovative drillers and innovative oil companies and natural gas companies that are still able to get it. Yeah. And that innovation, you know, the if you think about it, um, has been driven by the heavy regulation and the necessity for oil and gas to stay alive. I mean, that's just what it comes down to is that you're going to have to find a more efficient way. You're going to have to get to a point where you can drill uh, and produce at a lower point. Per gallon or per uh, barrel uh, on oil, that has to be. That's been the drive for a long, long time, and it gets pretty competitive, you know. And so the companies are always looking for that innovation to you know create those efficiencies. But you know, long term, and and there's the 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 political part of what what Powell is facing on interest rates. If he goes a quarter of a point on the next one, then you can bet there's no reason to go even higher on on the third one for this year. Uh, and will they go even make? Will they do it again? Will they do a, a fourth increase at any point? Right now, there's only really two in the forecast, unless that changes. But if the Fed isn't serious about getting on top of inflation, then it's going to be here for a while. Because they won't do anything in 24. If they're not serious about it now, it's because they fear a recession during the election year. So if they're going to hold off on it now, they'll hold off on it until after the election. If you were to ask me, in because of the labor market, what I if you were to give me two choices, a recession or inflation, I'd take a recession. I, yes. If if politically, right, this is what's a little bit confusing to me, is that unless they feel they just it doesn't matter because they're, you're not going to see massive deflation, so they've already real they they already believe they've lost that, mm-hmm. and and so uh, no, last, you're right that 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 maybe maybe their thought process is well if if we if. But then again, by doing what they're doing, they're just causing stagflation. Well, because this, there are layoffs and things are happening now, so you're going to have mm-hmm. low economic growth. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just 
maybe it's just Biden, the, the same thing of not wanting to visit uh, East Palestine because he's just stubborn. And if you tell him to do one thing, the whole government's that way. You tell him to do one thing to solve the problem, they're just stubborn. No, we're not going to do it, and they'll do another. Because none of it makes sense. Well, and not, that, that's and, it. And, and I know I'm being sarcastic in a way, but in a way, I'm not being sarcastic. Nothing they do makes sense. Every When you look at all the problems that we have, inflation, the Obama economists saw it happening. Mm-hmm. Keynesian economists saw it. was so bad, they saw it coming and warned the Democrats. Didn't matter. Didn't, didn't matter. Yeah. You, you, we did the story on electricity, the grid today, the PJM uh, inter, uh, what is it, intercontinental, the, uh, the, the grid operator on the East Coast, mm-hmm. having to cut by 2030, 21% of their fossil fuels. They can only make up half of it. Even at the most optimistic projections, the most optimistic, which aren't going to come true, they won't even get to half through solar and wind. We can see that we're not going to have an el- enough electricity as they're trying to drive the entire system of vehicles to be electric. Everything we're doing is just things that are absolutely obvious that any idiot, we're, you don't have to be an Einstein physicist to figure this out. It's not that complicated. And for some reason... We continue down this path of things that are just so self-aware of destroying the economy and our economic and energy security, and we seem to go, whatever. Well, and, you know, you look on the inflation uh, front, you look at the labor-driven inflation, and that's something they're not going to be able to control there either. Another great point, yeah. And and yeah. so uh, could they be looking at it saying, you know, look, we're damned if we do, damned if we don't. Better not yeah. to push a recession on everyone because the inflation, the labor-driven inflation, will still be at play in a big way. And it may be there for a long time. But eventually, the inflation is going to lead to a recession anyway, is it's, it not? It, well, I, it's, the problem how, is, is how that it, when you get to a point where, where there are no more, you know, we talk about families having to make choices during times of high inflation. At some point, you run out of options, and you start to see a collapse. And companies start to see a consumer that can't just simply can't afford that price point. That it's just that nobody's showing up. This is one of the things I think that uh, large retailers like Walmart are talking about. We're talking about the discount retailer. When they say the consumer... We don't expect the consumer to spend with us like they've been spending. They're changing the behavior. And when that, that charge, when that changes to a certain degree, at some point you've crossed that threshold with the consumer. Those, those are the indicators. Walmart's closing nine stores. Yeah, two of them in Portland. Yeah. Underperforming. And the CNBC, there it is, the story I'm sure you're referring to, can't figure out this economy. Walmart, Home Depot are having trouble figuring it out, too. Exactly. Because there are, there are just, again, you, you, the first stage is, okay, we'll change our shopping habits. We'll go to, uh, you know, generic brand, store brand, right? And we'll buy the same things, but we're going to buy a different brand. And then it is, okay, we're not going to buy the same number of items, we're going to buy the essentials. And then at some point, because 
the one thing we've been talking about here that this administration wants you to believe isn't happening is the compounding effect of inflation. The rate of inflation may be dropping. Prices are still going up. up yep. And last year was a huge record year for inflation, and inflation is still happening over those prices. So when you look at it, at some point then, you have a situation where families don't have options. Somebody brought that up over the weekend. I don't know if it was CNBC or Wall Street Journal, but somebody mm. brought up everything. You know, any lower rate that you see is being compounded by comparing it to a year ago when that is compounded from the increased prices from the year before. Exactly. And remember, you know, when you think about it and, and you know, uh, we are now uh, we really think about because now we're into March when inflation really started. We're through we're two years into inflation. Yeah. Yeah. And it may be going up. Yep. Back up again. Yeah. And so that also, you know, you talk about, you know, consumer <laughs> consumer sentiment out there that you know what what do consumers think they can't be thinking much good and you think about walmart and home depot thinking this stuff and you and i've asked this question before where's the automobile business going in the next 10 years well with I mean, interest rates yeah. the way that it is right and, and the the expense of of vehicles mm-hmm. where i just i i don't i don't see where the future is when it comes to automobile sales, except people keeping their cars an awful long time. Yeah. No, I mean, that's that really is it. I mean, the mm-hmm. the when you have fewer choices, I mean, that's what it comes down to. Or if you have yeah. to buy a, a different car, then you buy an older used car instead of buying, you know, one that's newer and slightly used. And all of a sudden, a $5,000 repair job isn't much compared to... 60000 for a new vehicle. Right. Over 10 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is yeah. there a 10-year car loan yet? I know they had the 8-year. Well, yeah, well, with that 120 months. Yeah. Why not? Oh, wow. Yeah. Are there 120 months? Uh, I don't know. Wow. And you're, you're underwater, what, year two? <laughs> I'm guessing you're pretty much underwater if you're walking into a loan like that. You you've been underwater for a minute. Eight six six ninety red eye. A conversation between U.S. and European Union counterparts on transatlantic agriculture and food sustainability. It's an ongoing conversation, and I think the most important thing here is that you need to keep talking to one another. You need to keep searching for that elusive sweet spot that you find every once in a while that allows you to take a step forward. I can summarize our common goals in the world four times security, stability, sustainability, and solidarity. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack and EU Ag Commissioner Janusz Wojciechowski Friday at this year's USDA Agricultural Outlook Forum. Both acknowledged similarities in their goals for food and farm production in their respective principalities and different approaches in strategy. Also discussed during the session, building joint response efforts in global humanitarian food aid and support regarding the conflict in Ukraine. 
I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. The USDA report is brought to you by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Highway Diesel Fuel. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. So a Fox News poll was out showing 60% of registered U.S. voters say they have less money in their pocket than they did a year uh, ago, compared to 50% who felt that way in February of 2022. In 2018, only 28% uh, of registered voters reported having uh, less money in their uh, pockets. Mm. Uh, ABC did an interview with the president over the weekend and talked about their research here, which shows a lot of the same thing. Our latest ABC News poll shows four in 10 Americans say they're worse off than when you were elected. Only 16% said they were better off. So why is that? Why aren't Americans feeling this? Well, look, I think it goes well beyond the economy. Think about it. You make the news. I mean, you interview for the news. Can you think of anything they turn on the television and go, God, that makes me feel good. Almost anything. Everything is in the negative. So it's TV. Yeah. You guys are just reporting the negative. Yes. So if, if it weren't for you guys just reporting the negative, then none of this would be happening. It's ABC's fault. Yeah. So. Clearly. So. Accentuate the positive. Stepanopoulos's fault. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, but, you know, they're they're going with that. It's, you know, the I really wonder because with these new with these new inflation numbers, I really wonder because the questions are going to come up. I mean, I would not want to be. And I, by the way, thanks, because apparently it's gone viral. When I said by mistake, Kareem, <laughs> John repair, repair. Mm-hmm. instead of Pierre. And, and I just mm-hmm. repair it doesn't repair anything. And so that apparently. Yeah, people have picked up uh, on that. But the question she's going to get this week, the media, and we'll talk all about this coming up following the bottom of the hour, but the media going crazy uh, about the fact that Biden is just stubbornly will not visit uh, East Palestine. And the media understands are like, look, and we even played the audio from Terry Moran of ABC going, Trump was there. This, this is everything the Democrats crave for. Big corporations treating Rural citizens badly, chemical spills, the environment. <laughs> They're completely clueless. There's no self-awareness at all. It's in, right in out of White their House. party's playbook. They should yeah. have been jumping to this, jumping on this immediately, and they didn't do that. So you you take that, you take inflation, you talk, and we'll talk about this more coming up on the bottom of uh, the uh, the hour, the energy department, and their, their Wall Street Journal report that, okay... Most likely, COVID came from a lab. Mm. Whoa. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. 
Just something I've noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 Truck Stop at Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 Kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store, and, of course, the Super Truck Showroom stocked with plenty of chrome, lights, and more. While you're there... Don't forget to visit the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum next door. It's free. The entire team at the Iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you. They look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years. Sending you a giant thank you from Iowa 80, the world's largest truck stop on I-80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80. Fourth branch of government, Eric Harley and Gary McNamara on Red Eye Radio. And he is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. Before we get uh, to the Wall Street uh, Journal story on the uh, Chinese lab leak likely behind the COVID uh, outbreaks, according to the U.S. Energy uh, Department, uh, apparently data they've shared with the White House and uh, Congress. Uh, the media is not forgetting about the, the Chinese balloon, both on uh, ABC. The president was asked about it, and so was Jake Sullivan. Mm. He was asked about it by Martha Raddatz. And listen to how she asked the question. Uh, I mean, this is sort of the way that we would ask one of the questions, you know, actually getting into the minutia of it. The Chinese spy balloon. I want to go back to that. Uh, clearly, that was for surveillance. You've said that. But there were also those three weather balloons shot down very quickly. Uh, you said they were a threat to civil aviation. Since then, no weather balloons have been shot down. Uh, is that because you recalculated the radar once again, or you just no longer consider weather balloons a threat, even though there are hundreds of them right now across the U.S.? I'm sorry. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I can actually what, say. Basically, was, it, those were weather balloons. Are you you still have any plans to shoot down more weather balloons? And if not, why not? So, so you find the weather balloons are no longer a threat. Yeah. <laughs> and let's hear his answer. Okay. Yeah, all, all right. right. Here we go. All right. Oh, I had it there. Let's go. Mm. 
My understanding is that the NORAD commander, uh, the general in charge of the defense of North American airspace, has not uh, recalibrated our radar, that we continue to be vigilant for unidentified objects coming into U.S. territory. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> no, we didn't change anything. I don't even change anything. We just decided not to shoot down weather balloons anymore. <laughs> It, it's 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 so bad. Uh, we we used to talk about the bubble of today. You could you know this today's story would would move aside for the next story tomorrow. It's all piling on the plate, and the wheel keeps coming back around. It's like the media spinning a wheel. Okay, what are we going to ask about? We'll spin the wheel. Oh, okay, there it is, shooting down balloons, Martha. Ask them about shooting down balloons. Because there's so there's still so many unanswered questions. And here's the other thing, too. What we heard Biden tell Stephanopoulos. And it's your fault for reporting everything. It's all negative. Blaming no, the that media. That wasn't Stephanopoulos. Oh, okay. Blaming the media. For their problem. If you guys keep would just quit talking about it, there wouldn't be a problem. <laughs> well, the me- there's there's a reason that the media is uncomfortable with all this because they're not playing. The Biden administration isn't even playing out of the liberal political no, playbook. Not. No, because I, yeah. if you're a liberal activist in a newsroom. You're waiting for them to give you something you can run to your viewers or readers with that you can, you know, you you jump on very easily. That's been the M.O. forever. In modern times, that's how it works. The administration gives them something to run with. Here, go feed that to the masses. But what do you do with any of this? There's nothing that you can sell to your readers or viewers, no, and you no. know it. And that's a huge problem, and the, the biggest problem with that, I think what became uh, a microcosm of the entire problem mm-hmm. has to be East Palestine. Right. And, uh, and the media recognizes it. When Trump visited, then the next day, Buttigieg went, and then right. you that, and it's like, oh, so Buttigieg went after Trump, and I'm mm. sorry, the media notices these things, and they talked about it, and it's exactly we played, uh, uh, oh, I can't think of his name now, um, from uh, from ABC talking about it, uh, uh, earlier, I just can't think of his name, the reporter, and he, you could tell he was just livid mm-hmm. by it. It's like, well, you've you've got to go, you know, you've you've got to go here. You have, and it's exactly what we said last week. How Democrats were thinking. I mean, it's ex- we got that one hundred percent. Where they said uh, uh, Terry Moran. Ah, yeah, yeah. Basically, it's it's a it's a big corporation, big corporation responsible for a chemical spill, an environmental disaster. How was how as a liberal administration? How were you not the first there? You should have been. You should have beaten the NTSB there. And and then by by Friday. Uh, again, we're basically sure, and then reiterated over the weekend, Biden's not going. He's not going to go. People have been there. But then you get to Friday night, and there's Aaron Brockovich. I mean, it's, 
You, <laughs> there probably isn't any person more famous in popular culture than, you know, she was played by Julia Roberts and all mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. be, because of the water contamination in California in the early 90s. Right. And there she is on with Tucker Carlson mm -hmm. slamming the Biden administration and saying, don't you dare gaslight me. Yeah. Oh, my God. And, and I think at that point, the the mainstream media just lost it over the weekend. That's why you had Terry Moran. You know, it's like they're they're angry. This is something we should own. Yeah. To the point where he lied afterwards and said, you know, probably this is, you know, Trump deregulation and possibly has something to do with that. He knew by that time the NTSB had come out with their, uh, you know, initial, uh, uh, well, their initial, uh, conclude. I won't say conclusion, but their mm -hmm. uh, initial things that they thought were the cause of it, with that that they believe is the cause of it. Nothing has to do, nothing had to do with so-called, quote, Trump deregulation. Mm -hmm. and And so... That's how desperate he is. They don't know where to go. Uh, Biden's not following the liberal playbook on this. And that's a problem. He's, that's a huge, you know, the, that's that's a huge problem. And now you throw on top of that, and we talked about this last week and the week before and the week before that and the week before that, that every time you say, can the can this administration take a breath? Because they keep pushing back the presidential announcement. And yeah. that question was being asked. Right. When are you going to announce? Oh, I got too many things to do. <laughs> Before yeah. I announce that, we're busy doing the work of the people. We No, you're trying to put out fires, and every time you talk, you're making it worse. Yep. And then the Wall Street Journal story comes out about the lab leak. That the lab leak, the theory, and the lab leak, the Chinese lab leak, is likely behind the COVID outbreak. Yeah. And so that's another thing where now now the media maybe inside the White House may let Corrine Jean-Pierre off the hook a little bit since they all bought into the same censorship <laughs> of that back then. But no, I think there'll be questions because there's probably new people there. And again, it's it's about, you know, we played the one uh Democratic uh congressman talking on on Sunday, I think it was on CNN. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, he's talking to Jim Acosta. So what's CNN? Oh, no. Oh, yeah, this sounds like the Chinese. Yeah, you know, you can't trust them at all. I mean, everything yeah. that they did to right. hide all of this. Oh, it's this like, doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. And it's like, oh, my. Okay, now we got to pretend that what happened never happened before. Right. And I'm sorry, but Republicans aren't going to forget. And Democrats want to forget. But when you talk about it, and I agree with Jonathan Turley. The biggest thing here is the, 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 the censorship. But the other thing is that could be just as big because it's very important to talk about it. Now that the president is being he's being asked the questions, are you compromising? Are the things that you're doing because you're comp not compromising? Are the things you're doing because you're compromised by, you know, by your relationship with the you've been compromised by the Chinese? Right. Wow. And that was before this came out and you look at this and when you sit down and if the republicans can explain it this way as we did we lost a million americans to this mm -hmm. and this president has never come out with a speech saying china you need to answer for this right no he he will he will scream he'll yell at everybody else but when it comes to the chinese
and this and everything that they have done. It doesn't matter whether he says, well, I want the intelligence agencies to look at this after he initially got the State Department to stop what the Trump State Department was doing, was looking into the origins of this. But no Democrat, there isn't one major Democrat that we know of that has been out there screaming that we need to find out how this happens so it never happens again. And according to the figures I see, over a million Americans died of this. And now, uh, you know, we're told by the Energy Department that the Chinese, uh, uh, the lab leak is likely behind the COVID outbreak. Yeah, right. Is the administration going to respond way too late this time to it? Or were they refused? No, I'm not going to do it. Well, and, and, you know, those are those are the important questions. And when we ask the question, is this president compromised? Look at how many things, basically everything on his plate right now is related to that. If you look at everything that involves, well, except for East Palestine, East Palestine. Mm-hmm. but everything else, you look at it, everything else relates to, in the back of your mind, Chinese money. Yeah. And, right. and Chinese influence in America right now, and the Biden family getting tens of millions of dollars right. from uh, Chinese uh, interest. The Penn Biden Center, tens of millions. University of Delaware, tens of millions. And actually fully all add up to hundreds of millions of dollars coming from Chinese sources. Right. And then a million Americans die of COVID. And we it's always been on the table for Republicans and conservatives said, look, we, we don't don't discount one theory. There are theories out there. And now everything from that point on has leaned towards a lab leak and nothing from this president, not one speech, nothing in the State of the Union about this. Was there you would think that the Democratic Party, after losing a million citizens to a disease that now more and more agencies of the federal government, the FBI, the Energy Department that runs the lab section, they believe it most likely came from a lab leak. Nothing from this president. Right. Nothing from the Democrats. Nothing. Why? Why no curiosity? Why not an insistence? Because think about it. Whether it's the lab leak or the wet market, you still put ownership on China to control it, to control yeah. the information. What do we know about the first few weeks that were critical? Chinese officials didn't tell us everything we needed to know. And now it's believed, in fact, early on, it was believed that it could have been controlled with the proper information. We could have got a handle on this early on with proper communication. You can lay this at China's feet all day, every day, because it belongs there. Why won't they? Why won't they? Why won't the president? 866-90-RED-EYE. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Eight six six ninety Red Eye. Just went to the top of the Fox uh, top story Fox News <laughs> that uh, they got uh, 
they uh, apparently uh, DeSantis gave it to him, part of his new book, uh, the the part on Disney, mm. and the fact that Bob Chapik actually told him in a conversation they didn't want to be involved in this. They didn't want to be involved in this kind of politics at all, but they said they had never seen anything like, you know, this type of outrage coming from the left and pressure towards Disney. Uh And he said he told the governor, if Disney stayed out of politics, this is Disney would face 48 hours of outrage when the bill was passed. And then when I sign it, you'll get another 48 hours of outrage, mostly online, DeSantis said, adding, then there will be some new outrage that the woke mob will focus on and people will forget about the issue, especially considered that the uh, considering the outrage is directed at a political media narrative, not the actual text of the legislation itself. Right. right. End of quote. Mm-hmm. And he said, told him to do it. You you weathered out. I would have said the I would have said even more. This bill is about teaching sexualized content. You want to be a hero to every parent in the world in, in the United States and around the world? Say you will not bend and you will you will not bend and you are absolutely against teaching sexualized content to anyone who is in kindergarten through third grade and without their parents' permission. Right. There's no way and, we're jumping right. on that. End of story. You win. Don't lie. It's not a don't say gay bill. Don't lie about that. You're lying. Take a stand for the kids. You're Disney. You win. Couldn't do it. And it cost him his job. Yep. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. We have Lauren Bosworth with us. Yay! The Hills. So what is like your number one question from fans? The primary question I still get asked was, "What is it real? (laughs) (laughs) In 2024, to me, is a surprising question to get because I feel like everybody has been through the reality TV gauntlet at this point. What women binge wherever you listen. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. This is one of the all-time best pieces of advice ever given on the show. Actor Rain Wilson. The number one thing that psychologists point to with young people of why they are struggling so much in this mental health epidemic is they don't have resilience. So how do you build resilience if you don't understand suffering itself? The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. 